Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. Hello, and welcome to an Eldritch Dream Games production of the Eterna Podcast. This podcast is made possible by our patrons. From the LCP D&D podcast, we have Tim Demuse, Wesley Sullivan, and Brian Bridges. From our sister podcast, Dustress, as well as the Hex Grid Heroes Network, we have Don Bewley. And also from Dustress, as well as Action Forge, we have Brian Rafe. Please stay tuned after the story to hear about the great projects these guys are working on. And thank you so much for supporting us. Last time on Dungeon Ball Z, you guys found a strange individual called Seder Jax, who seemed to be a construct. Y'all were attacked by some townsfolk that seemed to be infected with some strange purple blood weird shit, and narrowly escaped an even larger horde of them. After going back to the museum, uh, which seemed to be relatively safe, to rest, Uh, There were some uh, disagreements and uh, some things sinking in uh, from the past day. And uh, Seder Jax left with Taraxis to go and try and get back to his home in time. You mean Daddy? (laughs) Yes, Daddy Taraxis. Um, Regardless. (laughs) You tell me to be more serious and then you go and make the fucking jokes, damn it. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome, Robin. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, uh, Box box grew up overnight, really. Um, it, it, it seemed like it was only yesterday that he was a little, you know, six foot tall sapling and, and now he is like 15 feet tall and and he knows two words. And there was a door sound. So I've got to say that again. Yeah. So it seemed like just yesterday that fucking box was, was just a six foot tall tyke of a fucking Trent. And yeah, fuck it. I'm not saying it again. No, you're that doing great. That sound can stay in there. Uh, Keep both takes, it's fine (laughs) I'm fucking sore, I'm sorry Alright, so we left off with uh, With Seder Jax departing And the group kind of coalesced in the courtyard Of the uh, Museum, of the museum Uh, Box has not quite been addressed yet uh, nor have the recent events. Uh, everybody kind of just said bye to uh, Seder as he left with Taraxis. Uh, while it was known that he was leaving with Taraxis, of course, only Adira, Leaf, and Seder could see that. Uh, Seder Jax could see that. So that's where we'll pick up. Uh, is there anything anybody wants to do right off the bat? 
So, uh, where where do we go from here? What's the name of that town where your friends are supposed to be, Brock? What is the name of that town, Sean? Actually, no, I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Gira? Uh, yes. Uh, it is Gira, though I was hoping to actually look for them here for at least a little bit before we left. Using the, uh, the tracking ability of the Starforge. Uh, it does point in a mostly western but slightly northish direction. Would that be the direction of Kira? Uh, roughly, yes. Um, and you would notice that uh, when the points spread out, they go both east and north, uh, as well as just into the woods. Uh just kind of throughout the day whenever like i know they're not traveling right now but when they start traveling he's going to kind of keep consulting it just to kind of give them direction to make sure that they're headed in this in the right direction for them all right have you all decided whether you'll be taking the western uh road or the northern road as your primary means of getting to gira which one's uh most direct because that is riley's preference uh, the one that requires the least amount of uh, backtracking would be the north road because you would go north, then head east through uh, the Kamer Wood, uh, which is a long road uh, through a woodland, uh, like a heavy woodland, uh, and that would that's actually connected to Gira, uh, as well as a couple other small towns along the way. Okay, I'm confused because you said it went north and then east, but you said Gura was northwest. I mean, west, west. Sorry, I, I'm directions. Yes, we've okay. just, we've already established uh, I, in prior episodes. I, I, I know what he meant. <laughs> yes, um, so it, it was north and then west through the Kamer Wood to Gira, uh, and then you would go south to along Gira's south road to. What is the East Road? Go to Thorn and then Stormbluff as sort of like the optimal hit every point route. But it would be quicker just to go down the East Road, take the the, the side west road, road. Up to get the West Road. Shit, I'm sorry. Yes, uh, the take the West Road to the road that goes to Gira. Go up to Gira. Uh, do your stuff there. Backtrack back down that road. Go to Thorn or just cut through the countryside to Thorn and then go to uh, Stormblood. That would be the quickest path. Well, I have no qualms about traveling through the wilderness. We have Leaf with us. And of course, like, you could go as the crow flies, just through shit. Uh, you will be slow while doing so because you don't have roads, but uh, that is also an option. Uh, I could definitely lead us through the wilderness, but uh, given the carriage, I, I think it might be best to take the road. Yeah. yeah. We, if we got through thick wood, it would be hard to maneuver the carriage through that. That's a fair assessment. <clears throat> At this point, Box couldn't just pick it up and carry it? Not for the distance that we need to go. Not, not with... Not without some 
certain magical items that would make it very easy for him to do so. It's gonna happen. Just you wait. <laughs> I'm waiting. Oh boy. I've done that combo and it is amazing. The waiting combo? Wow. No, yes. that's the the back towards belt that heavy load belt. Mm. Yes. yes. It makes it's you beautiful. able to lift ungodly amounts of weight. Thirty thousand pounds heavy load. Well, you have to com combine it too with a what is it uh, the belt that ups your strength well i mean you don't have to like, oh come that, on that's been a, that's beneficial but <laughs> you have you don't have to. to tug could lift 16 tons over his head by the end of it <laughs> he was a monster well needless to say i can't do that Glorious leader, North Road or West Road? Well, given that taking the wagon through heavy, heavily wooded areas would probably be very, very difficult, I guess we'll have to settle for the quicker route that involves backtracking. Well, the Camerwood does have a uh, road through it, just as a note. It's, um, but its wilderness area is denser woodlands than what you would hey, find. Hey, quit trying to there. change the Queen's mind. He spoke. I'm not. I was just saying. It seemed like there was misinformation. But we have a rule against backtracking, though. Well, we're going to have to backtrack at some point. Well, I've been thoroughly talked out of my initial uh, choice, and I believe that the quicker we get there and get moving, it might be the better overall. Okay, so still the West Road? I believe so, yes. Okay. So that would basically be the way you came into the city before. Uh, you know that way already. Okay, do we have anything that needs to be done in town before we take off? Well, if it's possible to still get lumber, we need to still get the lumber for the church. And I believe that Leaf and Riley, at the very least, were interested in setting up some sort of memorial for the city. Oh yeah, Brock would certainly help with that. He would be interested in that as well. Hello. Faux show. I think the only person who was against that was uh, Tava. She has a problem with, with remembering dead people. Shakes head in disapproval. They're not dead. They will be when we're done with them. Okay, <laughs> 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 right, so... Uh... Go ahead and make me wisdom checks, uh, everybody. 20 from Brock. 18. 13. Riley's coming in strong. First roll of the night. A solid six. Oh, our glorious and wise leader. <clears throat> yes. All right. So, uh, uh, Riley, um, I, I, I'm not going to make him say that he has a stupid idea. He just doesn't have any good ideas uh, for uh, for uh, achieving any of this. Uh, Leaf, Brock, and Adira, however, would all come to the conclusion that uh, as far as the lumber is concerned, uh, possibly salvaging it from uh, nearby buildings where you've not seen any of these uh, infected individuals would likely be your safest bet if not your best 
And as far as doing a memorial goes, uh, Leaf and Brock would both uh, feel that with a combination of their abilities, they could uh, probably put something together over the course of a couple of hours that would stand strong and uh, if not be uh, particularly descriptive. And Grey Malkin is just being a whiny little bitch. Don't you insult Grey Malkin like that? Uh, Leaf, did you forget to feed the cat? He's making an awful lot of noise. Well, uh, there's not much in the way of kibble and the wreckage of these houses. I've been making do with what I have. Cats don't acclimate very well to a vegan diet. <laughs> Why don't you lend me box and he can help me gather lumber while y'all are building this memorial? Sure. Gray Malkin's oh, older sister is upset now. Patches, get up here and lay down. Yeah. I know you a sweet baby boy. He says he ain't doing nothing wrong. He just wants to be on the internet too. <laughs> So, Box and I will attempt to gather lumber from these buildings while they do their memorial thing. And then Brock, Brock will use his new ability to lift now 20 pounds of stone oh. to aid in moving stones. It's actually quite useful in this situation. Uh, Leaf, why don't you go ahead and give me an intelligence check from Box? Oh. Uh oh. Is new and improved? That's a two. Box help. <laughs> so, uh, you send you send him off with Adira uh, with some basic instructions. Uh, and when Adira and he approach a building that looks suitable for the stripping of lumber, uh, Adira, uh, I assume you direct him to it. Oh yeah, be like, all right, sweetheart, come on, let's let's see if we can get some of this wood off of here. And so, Box, Box goes, hmm? Box, help! And he raises both fists in the air and just plows through a wall. Uh, ruining most of the wood inside Oh, sweetheart, the sweetheart, no, 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 that's not how we help. Uh, go ahead and make me a diplomacy check. I will do that as soon as I remove Great Malkin from my screen. There we hmm. go. Diplomacy. Let's see. Oh, I'm actually decent at that. So, 18 plus 7 is math. Uh, 25. So, I think you're able to explain to Box uh, in a simple way what you want. And he goes around to another side of the building and he just, instead of smashing through, he starts grabbing like things by the sides and ripping them out. He still destroys some of it because it was either more sturdy than uh, his hands would have managed, but it's a lot less destructive than him just plowing through it. Uh, and you will start collecting lumber at a decent rate. Okay, good. Uh, if I could get a, a, constant, or a, a constitution check from Brock, as well as uh, a craft check from Leaf, please. Oh, oh. Uh, what is that, that carpentry? That is only uh, a yes. 13 from Brock. Alright, that's enough. Oh, that's an 8. <clears throat> Alright, so you like start out trying to make some sort of like 
wooden obelisk to sit in the center of this uh, this sort of stacked sculpture thing. Uh, uh, what are they called? Zen stones or something. And it doesn't it doesn't turn out real well. It's kind of just a wooden stick, uh, a spike really. You you can attempt again if you want to spend some more time on it. Uh, I mean, if nobody's rushing us to go. If he's crafting, can't he take ten? Yeah, I mean that's true. You could take ten. I refuse. Um, okay. The dice shall obey. Yes. Twenty-three. All right. Do so... I need to do I need to reroll Constitution, or are we keeping my first one? No, you're keeping yours. Uh, you built a nice little pyramid of rubble. Uh, in a in a nice fashion, uh, like a little ziggurat, I would think. And leaf this time, you create a much better sort of like in inscribed and uh, embossed uh, pillar uh, to be set within the ziggurat to sort of act as a memorial. Uh, but it will take the two of you about four hours to complete this. I'm satisfied with the result. Uh, Riley, what are you doing during this time? Well, uh, once it becomes clear that Leaf and Brock kind of have a handle on building the memorial and uh, Adira's focused on gathering the lumber, I guess that kind of leaves Riley to his own devices for a little bit. So he probably like watches Leaf and Brock do their thing for a little bit, just wanting to see how it's coming along but once it's clear he's not really needed there I think um, spending some time maybe digging around Clint's to see if Clint left anything behind that might look important Um, just kind of rummaging around to see if there's anything interesting that was kind of left behind in the chaos Uh, I would like you to make a perception and an intelligence check The int check is a 16. The perception check is a 17. All right. Okay, so you go into uh, his office, among other places, to find things. And uh, Adira, I believe you left a note in there. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, (laughs) I, I did leave a note, yes. All right. Would you like to tell um, Riley, who has found this note, what it says? It basically tells him that uh, I couldn't find him when we got back. That Traxxas has informed me that he is somewhere safe, but that he will be returning to the city. And that he needs to be careful of these diseased people. And that Traxxas did tell her or did tell me that when we returned to Starlight, I I would know where to find him. So I, I would come for him to just hang on. And what does Riley think of this? Uh, this was addressed to Clint? Yes. He, uh, Riley probably reads it over a couple of times and um, sets the note down a little... Uh, uh, I'm leaning on maybe confused, slightly concerned. Um, I, I feel like at this point he's beginning to realize that maybe he didn't have quite a thorough as thorough. He didn't even really think he had a thorough understanding of Tava in the beginning. 
but <laughs> maybe even a little less so than he initially thought, um, considering he also wasn't aware of the information placed in this note, I guess. So uh, he's going to mull that over for a little bit, but carry on his course. Okay. So looking around the rest of the office, uh, he would take note that uh, while many things still remain in their place, though in some places disheveled due to high impact, etc., uh, there are a great deal of books missing from his shelves. Uh, seemingly at random, uh, the gaps uh, seem to uh, form spaces of perhaps important things taken. Uh, looking around, you would see that most of the, uh, like outside of the office, you would see that most of what is there uh, has not left. Uh, some of it has been crushed, destroyed, uh, there's a small swath of the uh, like front uh, left side of the building that's kind of just crushed, and you would assume that everything there is just destroyed. Uh, but uh, looking around, you find only uh, only one thing truly that seems out of place for the scenario, and that is that the case uh, in which uh, the Commander Mansfield and his equipment were being set up in uh, is broken and empty. Oh, that's weird. However, most of the things within the museum uh, seem to be relatively untouched given the circumstance. Okay. Um, in that case, since we're going to be at Memorial Building for a while, I think that... Um, how are there like a lot of books left hanging around? Uh, yes, there he within his office and in the back rooms of the uh museum, there are a great deal of books, scrolls, documents of various types. Some of which, like I said, in his office mostly seem to be missing. Uh, you might guess that one or two from elsewhere are possibly missing as well, but there's not a great way to be sure if they were taken then or if it was just a gap in the shelf but there are a lot of books and documents still left in the museum so i'm thinking what riley probably wants to do with all this time he has is to uh start um uh piling up some of the books he intends to or he wants to take like a reasonable amount of books based on our carrying capacity to bring with us mostly for safekeeping um ideally like adding on to tava's notes that he's taken some of these books so they're not just sitting here unwatched in a broken down building and that's he'll return them upon meeting Clint again okay uh, go ahead and roll me a uh, knowledge history untrained and a an appraisal check oh good two untrained things okay uh, history first that history is a 12 okay. and then the appraise is a 14 all right, so uh, you gather the books that you think look the oldest and the most valuable. Um, there are several books um, that stand out from the rest, most of which were uh, in the back room, uh, kept in not like a locked case, but like a like a trunk instead of on a on a shelf. Mm. Uh, and these. These books were tied together, uh, wrapped in paper, 
uh, and tied together uh, and there was a note atop them uh this made you feel that they were quite important but you don't speak elven do you or read elven do you? Uh, like I, I i can pretend i can squint but <laughs> uh, no so you you are unaware of what the note says do you have any linguistics uh no <laughs> i don't think so you do have an elf in the in the group i do you know what uh i don't think i ever remember this when your uh intelligence score naturally increases due to leveling up do you get another language um yes technically i think so i would have it happen over like the course of a week or something you could yeah learn it. i wasn't just gonna uh, say oh i suddenly have i suddenly speak elf look at that that's convenient but yeah uh, just something for me to think about but yeah like if you wanted like you could you could say that you found a book within here that teaches you a language if no no one in the party knows it or you could learn one from somebody in the party if however you want to flavor it uh, i'll keep it uh i'll think about it see what language is available that i might be interested in you don't okay. want to learn elven you want to learn sylvan actually i'll think about it i'll think about it <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see all right well i'll uh I'll keep the note with the books and just make a note to uh, point it out to Leaf next time I see him. All right. Um, with your appraisal of 14, you notice that one of these uh, wrapped books has a very strange uh, texture to it. it. It's somewhat unsettling. Is it like smooth, coarse? Why is it unsettling? It's kind of leathery. Uh, but like there's like like the pages are all seem to be made out of like a very thin leather like material uh, but not like soft like vellum it's it's kind of like while pliable it's a little stiff well that's another thing I'm sure Leaf could figure out <laughs> I'm gonna meet up with Leaf and I'm just gonna give him homework okay <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll um, gather those books. You said some of them were in a trunk. That trunk sounds like a convenient way to carry some books. Yeah, uh, it, it had some other stuff in it, which uh, scrolls, cases, bundles of notes, etc. Um, but it wasn't quite full. You could probably fit, given average size, you could probably fit about 10 more books in it. Okay. Yeah, then, uh, like I said, Riley do his best to kind of uh, based on what he remembers of our, the group's the carriage's carrying capacity and what space we have available to take what he can. Okay. And y'all do have the um, wagon again as well. Oh, that's right. We can take ton of, tons of books. <laughs> yes. If you want nowhere to sleep. Yeah, we can sleep on books. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while you're uh, cherry picking uh, different uh, tomes and documents to uh, keep safe for Clint. Adira and uh, the boys, the nature boys, uh, they complete the uh, the thing, the what's it called? I want to say ziggurat, but that's only like half of it. Monument. Monument, yes. They complete the monument uh, and Adira gathers a sufficient amount of unbroken lumber to uh, uh, actually, go ahead, Adira, and make me an appraisal check. 
An appraisal check? Yes. I believe I have appraisal. Hmm. Nobody yeah. ever has appraisal. I do. I have a plus six to appraisal, and I rolled a 14. So a 20. Right. So yeah, you would you would put together probably what you feel is a little more than 50 golds worth of lumber. Uh, that's of, you know, decent quality, undamaged, uh, not like, you know, half rotted or anything like that. So, uh, with, between you and mostly box carrying it back, uh, to load into the cart, it's, uh, a, that gets completed as well. While you're out keeping to the nearby buildings, you don't see any of the infected individuals. Well, that is good. And so the group reconvenes uh, near the museum. <clears throat> the lumber is had, the monument constructed, and the books loaded into the wagon, along with the uh, box. All right. Would any of you like to do or say anything in particular at this time? Uh, yes, Leaf. Uh... I have some um, homework for you. <laughs> oh? Yes, I was, as you can tell, I've been rummaging around Clint's estate and uh, in an effort to secure some of his uh, books for safekeeping, I came across this note that I cannot read. I guess he presents the note to the party. There's Riley might not even know it's Elvish. Um, <laughs> but then he'll also display the, uh, the weird book. Uh, I think he would know it's Elvish. Elvish writing is pretty common. Oh, then this is a conversation between him and Leaf. Okay. Oh. Okay, I, I take it you want me to translate this? It could be important. If it's if you feel like it's private and shouldn't be shared amongst companions, then by all means, keep it to yourself. But I'll, I'll give it a look over. Okay, so it seems to be addressed to Clint from an elf named Haxiel. The contents of the note are a little vague, stating that these books should be kept in secret whether or not he's looking into them for academic reasons or not they are not well looked upon for the most part he seems to be referring to two or to three of the four books when mentioning this uh he does go over the point of another book he says that included in this shipment is also an old galandrin text i found uh something that I had hoped that you would find quite interesting, old friend, so it is my great hope you can learn what you can from these, and that their taint of the other three uh, can be washed from my hands. You just kind of hear Leaf kind of say under his breath, like, oh, that's not good. Um, yes. Would you like to share with the class, Leaf? Uh, I, I suppose it was an associate of Clint's, uh, who was bringing him books, texts that he was seeking out, but there was, there was mention of uh, taint from being in contact with these books. It's it's concerning. Did, did the letter actually mention like the names of the books at all? It mentions the name of the Galandrin text, which is an origin, simply just that, an origin but it does not mention the names of the others as it seems that in this text there is some sort of prior conversation that has happened. Uh, perhaps we can find these texts amongst uh, the collection. Uh, 
but I'll, I'll basically like read it out loud so they can hear it. Which, Riley, you would know exactly which books they were because it was tied to them. Oh, yes, the, the, those books right over there. It, the note was tied to them. Uh, there are four paper packaged bundles tied together with twine. All of them have been opened a little bit as Riley peeked inside, though none of them have been fully unwrapped nor torn. Are, are they in Elvish, does it look like? Just looking at the... Or, or you said they're wrapped. Uh, no, none of them appear to be in Elvish. The, uh, the Galandran Tome and Origin seems to be in common. However, uh, the strange leathery book uh, seems to be in Infernal. Or actually, you don't have infernal. Make yeah, linguistics check. You were right. It, oh wait, no, that's that's Box's sheet. Not gonna get linguistics from that guy. Uh, <laughs> Why can Box speak demon? That's weird. That is a sixteen. Okay, so you would be able to identify the uh, the very finely penned uh, notes on the front of this book as infernal. Oh. It's also bad. <laughs> <laughs> this book uh, is is in Devil's Tongue, uh, Infernal. And there are uh, two other books. Um, go ahead and give me two other linguistics checks, please. Oh no! There, the first one is a black book, and the other is a purple book. Thirteen and twelve. Uh, the first book, the black one, you are unsure of the, or actually, okay, so both. You're unsure of the language uh, with which these are written in. Uh, that appears to be the extent of my knowledge on these. Uh, perhaps Adira, or Tova? Go ahead and give me a nature check on the leathery book, at the very least. Nature. Oh, nat 20, <laughs> 32! <laughs> it's made out of humanoid skin. Oh, that's bad! <laughs> so the the infernal tome is bound in flesh so let's see do i have i do have detect magic prepared so i'm gonna do that just make sure um, these like can pick up like a whiff of like a curse or something i don't want to touch it uh none of them are cursed uh, and all of them seem to have only extremely minor magic associated with them perhaps some of the writing within uh, holds some level of magic. Uh, you can go ahead and make me an Arcana check if you would like, or a Spellcraft if you'd like to just try and identify the magic directly. You bet your bippy. <laughs> That's an eleven. <laughs> uh, you don't identify any of the magical properties, uh, or that was that the Arcana, or well, the the first one was Spellcraft. Uh, there's the Arcana twenty. Okay. So the Arcana would uh, would note that some of the magic is illusion and some of the magic is uh, transmutation, but all of it is extremely weak. With your high knowledge Arcana, you would actually know that some writings uh, have shifting words or animate images and whatnot, and this requires a relatively simple uh, low-grade enchantment. So. That, that is found in many an expensive work of literature. Yeah, so uh, I, I wouldn't mess with the books. It, it's faint magics. It might contain some, some magic writings, but 
Uh, I think this requires a bit more scrutiny before we start flipping through these pages, especially if it's some in infernal tome. Who knows what the contents are? Uh, I think perhaps we should consult Tova. I agree. Let's bring the rest of the party up to speed and see what we can figure out about these four mysterious books. All right. So, Brock and Tava, you're approached. By the books or, or the people coming with them? No, by I, the books. I, I, oh, okay. I mean, I, yes, the books are just flapping their asses right on over. <laughs> I th I th uh, th <laughs> that's an actual monster. No. Mimics! Um, no, they're animate items. Or tome ranks, technically. They could be tome ranks. But uh, not. They, they are not. Uh, Riley and Leaf approach. Yes, and uh, Riley will, um, I guess, re just relay all the information that we just kind of went over. Um, <laughs> uh, in shorthand, sure, but, uh, you know, he'll relay that, you know, these four weird books were found. They seem to have been given to Clint's under mysterious circumstances, and we're trying to identify them or figure some stuff out about them. Let me see them. Wham. Right in the table. I read and write and speak abyssal, celestial, dark common, infernal, and light common. Okay, so you would be able to read the infernal. Uh, the title of the book is The Umbral Leaves. Uh, go ahead and make me a religion check. I don't have religion. You don't have religion. Make me a planes check. That I do have. Uh, 13 plus 9, so is it 22? 22. Okay, so you don't really know much about them, uh, inherently, but you do know that, uh, like, you don't know about the religion, uh, of the Umbral Leaves, but you have heard, uh, of Chitons before, and you have heard of what is called the Chitons Bible, which is known as the Umbral Leaves. Okay, do I know what these Chitons are? Uh, they are beings of pain and torment, uh, though they take an inverse, uh, while they as beings cause extreme pain, uh, they themselves enjoy and revel in it, not only that of others, but of their own. Alright, she's gonna kind of look back up at Riley and be like, you probably don't want to read this. Well... It's a good thing that I can't, then. But why not? Um, do you enjoy pain and suffering of yourself and others? Not particularly, no. Then this is not the book for you. Oh, but why is it a book about pain and suffering? It's some religious shit, I don't know. But the, uh, you know what chitons are? Riley just, like, awkwardly looks around the room. Almost goes to play it off like he totally does, but then furiously shakes his head. Yeah, they enjoy pain and suffering. Like, to a whole new level. It is beyond kinky. Put the book back. <laughs> well, I do. I believe the four of these are part of like a very small collection on loan to Clint's. Uh, any insight in the others? Uh, you can make linguistics checks on the two that were not linguicized prior. Oh, I do have linguistics. Yes, I do. I get a plus nine to that, so. Okay, so how many of these are my rolling? Uh, two. Okay, so I only rolled a ten. You want to do the black book or the purple book? First? I rolled a ten on the first one. Um, whichever one is next in the pile. So it'd be a 19 total. A 19 total. 
you don't really recognize the writing, nor can you call up its name, but you seem to remember at some point while in the boneyard, uh, a fae uh, of particularly ill demeanor uh, that was visiting for some reason not particularly known to you, but he had a, uh, a document uh, that had symbols very similar to this. Uh, it is not Sylvan, uh, as I know that uh, Leaf would have identified that. Aklo. Uh, yes, you as a player know that it is Aklo, but uh, it, it it is not identified by Adira, or Tava. Then she'll hand that book over and she'll be like, I don't know the language, or, you know, but I've seen it before with a really nasty little fey being, so take from that what you will. Uh, at this point, Leaf could make me a nature check. Oh. Uh, it is in reference to Fae, if it matters, and that is not enough, so never mind. <laughs> yeah. And I get a 21 on the other linguistics. Uh, it is written in Necril, the language of the dead. Oh. Oh, this is a lovely one too, Riley. They all seem to be that way. What's this one about? Um. Well, I'm not sure what it's about, but it's in Necril. as like the language of the dead. Maybe it is best that we leave these books alone. But if they're just left here, anyone could stumble by and take them. Well, just, I can put them in storage in in the carriage if you want to hang on to them until we find an appropriate place to put them. Uh, Speaking of an appropriate place to put them, that note to Clint, who signed it? Oh, it was um, Hashkill. Uh, oh, that's why it's tucked in chat. That makes sense. I'm an idiot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, like, is this a, a famous person that anyone might know about? Anybody who has it can make a local or a history check. Nope. I have a little bit of history. It's a six history and a 17 local. Uh, Roll to 15, I get plus 9 to my history, so a 24. And an 18 local from Riley. Oddly enough, um, the only person who kind of calls up any any thought to the name is Tava, who I assume while about the town may have heard something about a uh, sort of a uh, scholar of antiquities uh, at one of the colleges in starlight apparently there was some there was some scandal involving him but it wasn't real clear you know he was an uh he was an elven man uh and he was a well-respected scholar in the middle of something that was perhaps ruining his reputation well i suppose i will relay that to everyone else so his less known whereabouts as far as we can piece together is in starlight or was in starlight as far as I know, I don't remember anything in Clint's memories that give me any indication to think otherwise. Okay. Well, that defeats the notion of returning them to their original uh, holder. So I suppose keeping them locked up and a close eye on them as we travel, just to make sure they don't fall into the wrong hands, might be the best course of action. Unless there's objections, I understand these are White's disturbing texts we could simply destroy them you can't just destroy them 
They're part of history. I'm sure that's the reason Clint asked for them. Is history needs to be known, the, the bad as well as the good. Yes, I wouldn't feel quite right to destroying something that Clint was entrusted with. And they're just words on paper. It's not like they're going to jump up and get you. Just don't read them. Well, to be perfectly fair, fair, weirder things have happened. We may have time traveled at one point. As of this point in time, I wouldn't be surprised if the words on the paper actually jumped up and attacked me. Well, if they try, I will keep you safe. Uh, Brock would Brock would point to the to the leather one, and he'll say, "Um, that one is made of skin. That is a little more strange than your average book." Okay, uh, you do know that most books are bound in some kind of skin, just usually not people. Exactly. Usually not people. It probably has some significance to the religion. I mean, did Tava communicate that the one book was written in the language of, like, torture demons? Well, the torture demons just speak infernal. Well, still, that explains the whole skin thing. And, uh, you know. It is a religious text. It's just not a religion I care to be well-versed in. Well, if we intend to keep them, I would prefer they be kept away from me, please. I can lock them up in, in, I mean, I have storage under my bed. I can, I can put them there and they'll not be touched. Uh, if we're looking for longer-term storage, I can probably seal them inside a piece of wood. I suppose that would probably keep them extremely safe and until we can return them. That's true. That sounds like the most appropriate option, then. Here, here. There, there. But we will uh, have to have a conversation with Clint as to why he had these. I don't need to have a conversation with him to know why he had him. He's not a bad person. I'm not saying he is, but there's some lingering magic on these books. And uh, texts like these come with consequences. All of history comes with consequences. But they're usually not as great as forgetting. Well, these more so than others. I'd like Tava to go ahead and make me a will save. That's my good save. (laughs) So, a 20. A 20? Alright, so you have some flashes go through your head. Just little things. Uh, The receiving of these books. Uh, You can't remember him ever opening the package. Uh, Just putting them away uh, only to leave soon thereafter. You feel like maybe Clint had received these not long before uh, leaving on his most recent trip. Like the one where he met us or when he fled Starlight? Uh, Like when he met you. Like you you don't have any of his memories past the point where you touched him. Right, okay, that makes sense. Uh, and it, this does not impair you in any way. You've seen this. Okay, well, 
I don't think Clint's in any danger from it. But if you wish to speak to him, I guess, you know, that is your right to do so. Yes. Tava, speaking of Clint, did Taraxis give you a time frame on when we would return to Starlight and meet up with him? No, not a time frame. He just said that when I returned, I would find him underground. Uh, under... beneath Starlight? Yes, beneath Starlight. So, what if we attempted to go underground now? Well, he's not there now. What if we leave town for an hour, turn around and come back? I think it's probably going to take a little longer than that. Traxxas said that he fled the city, that he didn't go too far, but that he was basically waiting for it to be safe to return. Riley just, like, thinks quietly and nods. If he would have given me a direction, I would have gone after him, but not too far doesn't narrow it down very much with a city of this size. Well, I suppose that there's, at this point, there's only really one option for us to follow, and that's to venture off at our earliest convenience. Now that the memorial's done and we've gathered the wood... I take it you read the note. Yes, were my hints not subtle enough? Well, you could have just said I read the note. I, I figured, like, saving the breath. Huh. Uh, and just as a note, uh, the one book that is in common does not appear to be evil. Uh, Leaf, of course, would know that Galandra is not an evil god, uh, at the very least. Uh, from his prior inter- interactions with Thaw. Well, we we can leave that one out of the the book ceiling box thing. Okay. Was was that one um, one of the ones that contained magical writing? Yeah, it contains some magical writing. Like these these um auras that are coming off of these books are like hand trip level. They're not they're not strong at all. Right still interesting and slightly concerning at least for the other two like do you want to open it up and like look for a page that actually directly exudes the magic that seems like a good idea um and i guess now would be a good time to do it okay so do you flip from the front or you just open randomly uh probably flip from the front all right so uh, there's like two or three pages of uh, just like introduction and notes and then like it kind of starts off with a tale uh, once you get past those pages uh, and the very first page has a very intricate uh, gold leafed letter on the very you know the very first letter um, and looking closely it has a small relatively short animate scene of uh, of a rabbit uh, hopping along and and consuming some leaves a snake coming to take the rabbit and then uh, the snake dying uh, becoming a part of the earth and some vegetables growing up and then the rabbit comes over to eat it again and it loops interesting and that's that's the extent of it in the book just like a little illusion like that's that's that page there are other things there are um there are ones that are fairly constant where uh 
you can tell like transmutation magic has been used to uh, make some words stand out in different ways, like appear to be made out of materials that aren't particularly good for writing in. Uh, there are other small animate images uh, and things like that. It, it's all relatively benign. It's It just makes the book more captivating. I suppose maybe it's the novelty that Clint wanted it for. Uh, if you remember in the note, it was implied that Clint wasn't even expecting this book. Uh, he was like looking for something interesting, but not in particular. And this is something that is like a lot of like if you get the high dollar like pricey version of say like a novel, like this is fairly commonplace. Like the collector's edition. Yeah, like the collector's edition. Like you want you drop five hundred gold instead of twenty, and and boom, you've got fucking gifts. <laughs> well, uh, per- perhaps uh, someone else may want to hold on to this. I don't know if uh, any of you like casual reading, uh, but this this one seems relatively benign, and it has uh, pretty pictures. <laughs> Riley says, pictures, you say? Yeah. Look at this one. It moves. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, it does. That's amazing. <laughs> Riley will just, like, take the book and just, like, take a few steps away while thumbing through it. All right. So you actually read it a bit? Yeah, like, he skims, like, a page or two. Alright, so, like, looking into just the first few pages, uh, like, it it doesn't seem, like, expressly lighthearted or anything, and it begins almost as a tale. Uh, and, like, the beginning is almost, like, a, not, not like a disclaimer, but a disassociation. It, it talks about, there are few who believe in the in uh the true origin and it goes on to talk about how uh soluna was not made of the celestial uh of the celestial writings as with the with the rest of existence it was made by the gods after the fact and how it was nothing but a barren rock a devoid of life and heart and and usefulness uh, until Galandra came along and placed life on it. And I mean, you can make me a, a knowledge religion check. If you hit a 10 or better, uh, you probably know at least vaguely something about Galandra. Every time I roll a die, I like Riley more and more. That's a nat one for a three. Okay, so you have no idea who Galandra is whatsoever. Um, you figure, based on this book, she's a goddess. Um, wow. that she, and that she's a she because she is referred to as she um, but that she placed life on this world uh, and like the, the terms are long and flowery and told in a more entertaining manner than I'm telling now uh, so that's probably your page or two right there okay can you like send me the whole book via like PDF so I can read it between <laughs> sessions at some point that'd be great uh, you, you can ask me questions and I'll tell you <laughs> Oh, like, I don't have, I, I've not written this book. We want the audio book. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you can read it like Taraxis. It'll be great. Oh, boy. How lovely that would be. My throat wouldn't hurt at all after that. <laughs> uh. Hi, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, so you get a kind of a general tone for this. Like, this seems to be just be the introductory chapter uh, and not even the whole introductory chapter. Rabbi, as he's reading, just like mutters, Galandra, that's a weird name for a god. Hmm. Did you all know she's a she? Fascinating. Uh, Leaf, would you like to instruct him a little bit about who Galandra is? Uh, you may, if you so wish. Or through you, I can do it if you don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not super familiar with uh, the, the Pantheon. Uh, uh, Galandra's one of the gods I added in, so... I, I think I had told you a little bit before, but that's... that's I, I didn't get a whole lot into it. By all, by all means, let's let's drop a knowledge bomb together on this foo. <laughs> Alright, so go ahead and roll me your own knowledge religion to know more than base stat stuff. Uh, or base stat. Booyah, <laughs> base 19. Stuff. Okay, so Galandra is known as the life giver. Uh, she's a true neutral goddess um, who whose domains include things like population, uh, both what wilderness, uh, plants, animals, society, uh, and just life in general. Uh, she's not... She's looked well upon on Saluna for being the whole reason everyone's here, uh, but that's not usually really well explained. People just say, are kind of like, oh, Galandra... Yes, thank you, Miss Creator Lady. Um, and they're not real, like, there's not a lot of text that you know of that actually talks about why that is. Uh, just that there are tales, uh, stories where uh, that state her as being the origin of, uh, of humanity or elf kind or this or that or the other uh, on Saluna. And she, she's also a very circle of life goddess. Uh, so, like, there, as was depicted in, like, that initial lettering where the rabbit ate the, the plant, the snake ate the rabbit, the snake died, which fed the plant, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, she's not what you would call, like, a good god. Like, she's not going to go, oh, no, don't kill the bunny. But uh, she... Does she did also put uh, everyone here according to her religion, uh, and she's not in any way perceived as a bad god outside of people with situational distaste for her, really. Well, there you have it, Riley. Fascinating. Sounds kind of like an important figure for some. Uh, I guess perhaps the same could be said of all gods. Leave like you're. You're not super familiar with uh, Galandran uh, beliefs uh, in terms of like the nuance or anything but uh, you know that like that general description you know that Thawne is a follower of Galandra uh, and that's part of the reason he left the Enclave uh, is because he believed that all life like had a, had a purpose and, and was equally smiled upon uh, by the gods that, that elves weren't more important oh, I'll hold that bit to my chest okay. after deciding what to do with the books uh, sealing them or not uh, if that happens later what are you all going to do y'all heading out swiftly uh, hanging around for a bit more 
I think that depends on what time of day it is. Uh, y'all just woke up and then spent four hours, so it's about halfway through the day. Then I see no reason we shouldn't go ahead and leave out. Yeah, we could probably make it a good distance. I believe that settles it. I'll just assume that Leaf is all in. Yeah. Yeah, hello. Mm. Great. Well, Majority has the rule in Riley Morheim's guild, and everyone's laid in their votes, so I guess we'll, uh, we'll begin heading out <laughs> on the next step of our grand adventure. Alright, so you start heading toward the west gate. I would like everybody to make me perceptions, please. When we get ready to leave, I will summon my elemental to travel with us. All right. Noted. While, while we're going, my mold will be sitting in my hair. <laughs> okay. 23 perception. 13. 16 if it's based on smell, taste, or touch. 14 for leaf. 12. Still 12 if it's based on smell, taste, or touch. <laughs> Swear to God, if we find another robot. <laughs> I hope it's two robots. I'm so psyched for these robots, you guys. You have no idea. Oh, uh, also, while, while we're traveling, Brock is actually going to be running next to the cart instead of sitting on it. Kind of jogging. Okay. Just trying to get that cardio in? Yeah, yeah is basically. it? Oh, okay. I mean, that is exactly what he's doing. Is it because of your stupid high constitution? Uh, no, it's because he's basically going to, from this point on, be using every opportunity to train that he can. I like it. Okay. Wow. Very Brock like, and roll of you. While you're uh, while we're sitting around camp, he's basically going to be holding like his bag above his head for long periods of time as well. It's just going to be weird, but he's just going to do it. 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats run five miles no. every day uh, kind of you know, yeah, I feel like you know assuming like we have this conversation as we're moving Riley would kind of find that a little inspiring just if Brock says I'm going to use every moment I can for training uh, he would he would say it in a way of like now I like I've been given a mission I've been told that mission's going to be hard I need to be ready when it's time to actually do something so I want to make sure I'm as prepared as possible. Riley respects that. He respects that so much he's going to join you jogging for a little bit. <laughs> all right. Uh, go ahead. While you're all jogging, go ahead and make me a fortitude save. Oh, do I have to? <laughs> Did my perception not see anything? It, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. It, it is does. This gonna, but, yeah, is this uh, going to be like... Fucking, if they're fucking jogging up to this point, I'm gonna make them roll for it. Is this gonna be in like terms of like a forced march type thing? Yeah. So uh, is it? Then yeah. a twenty-six. A solid seven. <laughs> okay. So Riley, uh, I'm gonna say that you uh, you get a little lightheaded and you are going to be uh, dazzled for let's say forty-five minutes. You know what? <laughs> four, four rounds uh, when just this like, happens. Just look uh, outside and like Fox is dragging Riley who's passed out on the ground. You know what? All my mythic points are going straight into constitution now. I don't even give a shit. All of it in the constitution. <laughs> Alright, so Adira, uh, sorry, Tava, uh, you're, you notice looking around uh, that stepping out onto the street behind you is a figure 
um, dressed in full armor, though it is beaten and battered, uh, you notice a dark sort of kind of purplish light uh, start to glow from them and a small pillar of crackling electricity forms in their hand as they turn to face the party. How far away from uh, town have we gotten at this point? Uh, you're still in town heading towards the west gate. I see. Um, I suppose I, I am just going to holler for everybody to watch out and uh, start to summon my armor and shield. Alright, uh, go ahead and give me initiatives. Nat 20 on the old initiative. Damn. Roll, I rolled a 3 and a 13. I think we'll go with the 13. You sure? You can go with the yeah. other one. Oh, okay. You, you think I should go with the 3? Nah, you know what? No, nah, you talked me out of it. Okay. Brock is, Brock is distracted trying to motivate Riley to keep going, and he got a 9. <laughs> Riley gets motivated. He has a 16. Alright, so Leaf uh, and Riley will get to go uh, before the next thing happens. So, uh, since you were alerted. So, Leaf, you're going first. I, I imagine, like, while everything's happening, he's just kind of, like, leaning out. I, I'm assuming the carriage has, like, shutters or, or, like, a window viewport thing. And so he's just kind of, like, reclining in the window, just talking casually to, like, Riley and Brock as they're they're jogging. And uh, so when Tova shouts, he's, he's just going to kind of, like... Uh, bolt to see what the hell she's talking about. Maybe, like, grab his bow. Okay. Uh, uh, make me a perception check. Yeah. Rolling high on the checks that matter. 29. You see much to your extreme and immediate horror. The Commander Mansfield in all of his skeletal glory, standing in the middle of the street behind you, wielding some magical power in his hand. He has his sword at his side, his armor still damaged around his body, and there's something else, something you can't place, but it feels wrong. Interesting. Um, just, just to clarify, where would I recognize Mansfield from? He's the guy that almost killed you. Okay, just just making sure. And, it, it, and you, it sounded familiar, um, and I didn't want to assume. Yeah, he, he's the one who almost killed you, and he dragged his corpse back to town uh, for Clint's museum. It just, you know, <laughs> ready the bow. I, I I don't think I get too many actions like that. Like, if I, I drew, drew the bow, it, it, was this, like, the surprise round? No, there was... Uh, no surprise round because she saw him. Uh, this is a proper round. First round of combat. Uh, okay. And you, it's a move to draw, so you can fire if you would show, so desire. Yeah, then, you know, no questions asked. I would like to uh, shoot him. Alright, go ahead and give me a roll. Actions. There's the bow. That's a nat 20. That's a nat 20. That's, That's a, a second nat 20, nat 20. Roll wow. again. Roll again. Yes. Somebody's gonna do it. Holy fuck, that's a lot. I don't know how. <laughs> 18 on the die. Holy crap. Your bonus would have been plus 8. So yeah, certainly. 
Um, okay, so go ahead and uh, what, what do you deal with? The, the, go ahead and roll your damage for the bow. Okay. It, it should do it right. Yes. Cool. So we have a thing we call do called super crit. So if you roll consecutive 20s, every time you roll a consecutive 20, it adds one to the uh, multiplier. To the multiplier, if you, okay. If you confirm it. Uh, if you don't, then it's just a crit, you know, of whatever thing. So I'm all about that life. Leaf, Leaf has some, uh, <laughs> Leaf has some, uh, some payback he wants to get, so he makes sure to hit really good. <laughs> some unresolved issues here. Alright. And I did forget to ask, do you want to roll that way, or do you want to roll one die and then just multiply? No, I, I prefer tossing all my dice at once. Uh, so your bow, you, you aim with your bow and it hits hard and true, uh, slamming straight into his forehead through the eye hole. But when he turns his head back, you see a small flame uh, uh, kind of like billowing out of where the arrow pierced him uh, of a light blue color. And it swiftly starts turning to green. However, it is Riley's... Are you going to have Box do anything? Uh, just keep moving, really. Okay, like away? Well, alongside the, the wagon, the carriage. Okay. Then, Riley, it is your turn. Um, so, the, so I guess the, the carriage is still moving, right? We just saw this. It didn't come to a halt. Yeah. Y'all haven't directed the horses to stop or anything. Okay. Well, I guess, uh, Riley's judgment call on this is that it's probably not a great idea to leave this guy just wandering around here. So he's, my intention is, I think he's going to put himself between the skeletal commander Mansfield and the party. Uh, you move there, do you do anything else? Yeah, so during the move, he'll draw his uh, trusty rapier, and his standard action is going to be to take a full defense, and he's going to yell out to the party, would someone like to inform me exactly what we're dealing with here? Uh, go ahead and make, make me a perception as you approach. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's a nat one for a nine. I'm going to just stop rolling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fed up with this world. These dice are tearing me apart. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Brock. <laughs> okay, so it is now his turn. He speaks with a strange, inhuman voice, uh, shouting out, Morheim! And, uh... And I love so, it. Uh, well, somebody remembers your name, Riley. <laughs> about damn time uh the crackling bolt in his hand arcs out from him slamming into the ground in four separate places the ground begins to crack and break as he does so and a variety of bones human and animal in combination are draw that are drawn out of the ground these amalgams of uh these amalgams of death uh, rise and form somewhat humanoid structures uh, and crackle with this green electricity uh, around their joints uh, before they begin to uh, head towards Riley. 
So at this point, Riley's remembering that he's not statted like a barbarian and might not be the best at drawing aggro. <laughs> so... So what is, what is Riley's AC right now? Riley's AC right now is... Uh, 25. 25, okay. So they all charge up to you, uh, and only one of them actually gets a hit off through your armor for seven slashing damage and one point of untyped damage. But if it's untyped, how are we going to read it? Yeah, so do I just type in seven and leave the untyped one untyped? <laughs> no, you take eight damage. <laughs> oh, okay. You are currently being flanked to your left and right, uh, with the other two descending upon you. Uh, Mansfield strides forward ten feet. So now it is Tavis' turn. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm assuming Tavis still has to actually summon her shield and armor. I'll go ahead and give it to you since you spotted him first and the others had to react to your warning. I'll, I'll give it to you that one action. Okay, so the first thing I want to do is send the gravity elemental over to uh, Mr. Captain Jackass. And. Riley? No, Shut the, the other Captain up. Jackass. Um, Rock? And have him attempt to use gravity field to put him in hold. Okay. Maybe he'll hang up and call back later. He, I don't think he can actually put him in, in the hold this turn because it's a full round action, but he has to move over there to get ready to do it. Okay. But basically, when, when he attempts it, unless the guy succeeds a fortitude save, he gains the held condition until he releases him or he breaks free. Okay. Which just sticks him to the ground, basically. Uh, as he as he flies over, um, is is he going to make a wide berth or is he going to fly near those skeletons? Uh, he's probably going to go most direct route because, like, I don't think he's extremely intelligent. Okay, so two of those are going to get an attack on him. Uh, do you have that pulled up? Yes, I do. Uh, what is his AC? Um, I'm looking. Uh, his AC is 15. Okay, so... And his gonna... fly is plus 12. Okay, so he's gonna get hit once. Uh, so he may be dead. For a total of 11 damage. Where is his health? No, he's not dead. Seven of that was slashing, and the other uh, three was uh, untyped, if that matters. And... Mansfield has to make a, what, a fortitude save? Not yet. Like I said, it's a full round action to actually put him in the hold, but he can't even attempt it till he gets over there. Alright, would you like him to do anything else with a standard action? Um, I don't think there's really anything he can do with a standard action. I think he has a slam attack. He does have a slam attack at plus five. Okay, so go ahead and roll. Uh, 17 plus five. 17 plus 5 is a 22. That will hit. So what is uh, what is his damage? Go ahead and roll. It's a d3 plus 1. I don't have a d3. Do you want me to just like roll a d4 and re-roll it if it's a 4? Sure. So 3 damage. 
three damage, and that is bludgeoning, correct? I I believe so. It, it just says slam. It doesn't specify. Right. Okay, then yes. I'm gonna start moving. Okay. Um, I will I will double move as I only have a twenty speed. Okay. And then where are you going from there? Well, I'm gonna go try to help Riley. Okay. You could shoot from where you're at, uh, or do you want to move like to that space diagonal from me? I want to be in position so that next move I can basically use a charge to bull rush and get him out of flanking. Uh, you could do that from where you are. So if you'd like, you can shoot at one of those. Okay, sure. We'll shoot at one of those. That's over here. Alright, so... Um, I suppose we'll try shooting them with fire first and see how they react. Alright. So five, six, seven, eight. Does that 18 hit its touch? Yes. So that's four and six, so that's ten damage. Okay. Man, Brock's going to be dizzy when it comes around to his turn. You blast it with fire, and it seems to take quite the hit, and now it is Brock's turn. Okay. Uh, well, in the interest of keeping all damage on the same target, uh, Brock is going to throw a rock at the one that Adira just hit. Alright, so there, it, it would have, you would need to move over some, because there's a cart. Oh, yep, mm, that's right. I can't see it. <laughs> then I'll just shoot the one in front of me. Alright. Go uh, ahead. That one? Uh, 26 to hit. Uh, definitely, yes. Uh, 12 damage. And that's bludgeoning, yes? Uh, yes. And then Brock will move 20 feet to there. Alright. So... Uh, it takes the hit. It seems quite, quite harmed by it, uh, and that's gonna wrap back around the leaf's turn. All right. Uh, well, I, th- I think first things first. Uh, I just go box help, and I point at <laughs> I point at all the skeletons surrounding Riley. I would like to send my tree person to whoop some ass. All right. Do 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 do. And uh, assuming that there's not, like, anything for him to pick up and beat the skeletons over the head with, I guess he would just hit them with, their, uh, with his hand. I mean, he could try picking one of them up and beating them. You could beat him with Brock. I was just about to say that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess he'll, he'll give the first one a boop. All right. Curl up into a stone club. 14? A 14 will not hit. It's okay. Gasp. Uh, and then I guess Leaf is just going to continue uh, taking shots at good old, old Capitan. Alright. Cephalax, don't let me down. That's uh, 18. Okay, so you uh, you shoot at Mansfield, but it glances off of his armor. Uh, go ahead and roll me another perception check. Perception? <laughs> That's also a net 20 for a 30. Alright, guys. Soaking up all the net twenties. With with your elven eyes, you look at Mansfield trying to hone in and get a bed, uh, get a better shot, uh, and you see this this fire pouring out of the the head wound you gave him. Uh, though his skeletal body does not seem much to care, but you notice through the holes in his armor that you had left some two hundred years ago, possibly. Um, there is something beneath it, writhing squirming 
it is this that you had that wrong feeling about before. That's bad. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, he, we're still kind of like in the throes of everything, so uh, Leaf will decline to comment, but he, he's getting ready to knock another arrow for sure. All right. Riley. Um, Be impressive, Riley. But the way I roll, I promise nothing, and I'll deliver less. So, <laughs> uh, um, Brock and Adira have been targeting the skeleton to the north, right? Uh, I, I well, I attacked the one below you. Yeah, they they've both taken hits. Okay, what well, would you classify either of them as looking particularly bloodied? The one to your south uh, is kind of only barely holding it together, while the the other one looks severely damaged, but not uh, not bloodied. I wouldn't say. Okay. Well, for the sake of going in on a gamble, what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend a mythic point to activate mythic power attack. And by activate, I mean so I can ignore power attack penalties for a minute. Right. And I think I want to go after the one to the east, the one that hasn't been targeted yet. Okay. So let's see how uh, that pans out. That is a 16. Uh, So yes, that will hit. Neat. That's 18 damage. 18 damage. Nice. So you stab it, like, and break through a couple of its bones and ribs, but you do realize that stabbing probably isn't the most effective thing here, but you did pretty damn good anyway. Yes. All Swashbucklers, right. one-trick pony. Move action. I'm going to take a five-foot step. Right okay. there. <laughs> Wise, sir. Wise. Yes. Uh, now, unfortunately... She can't do what she was gonna do, but oh, sorry. It's it's Madsfield's turn. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and do the skeletons first because they act on this initiative. This skeleton is going to uh, step there. This one's gonna step there. This one's gonna step there. There. Man, they really do not like you. Come get some. They do seem to move with some intelligence. They, uh, they aren't, uh, mindlessly pursuing. They seem to move and react. The one that just moved under us, is that the one that I attacked before, or...? No, that is the one that is north of you currently. Okay. Yeah, you had, you had hit four. Uh, Riley had hit two, and Adira had hit three. And that other one is number one. Uh, it is going to scoop up a rock from the ground and attempt to throw it at... Hey, that's my fight. <laughs> plus six. Does a, a minus plus six minus four? Okay, then yes, uh, it gets an 18. So it will hit you for a whopping six damage uh, as it pelts you in the fucking face with a rock. All right, and so the other ones are going to attack at Riley. There is no flanking bonus anymore. I parry the first one. All right. Not with a two on the die, I don't. Okay, so... Yeah, so that one... Your AC is 25, right? Uh, I didn't total defense, so my AC right now is 22. Okay, uh, so that one will hit. Uh, that one... That one will miss. That one will hit. That one will miss. That one will miss, and that one will miss. So you take 
two claws, uh, one from Skeleton 4 and one from Skeleton 3. Uh, you don't have any damage reduction of any kind, do you? Nope. A total of 8 and 7, uh, 15 more damage. Okay. Since he's at a diagonal to me, does that count as adjacent? Yes. Oh, does it? Well, uh, one of those skeletons, then probably whichever one's closest to me, needs to... Uh, hold on. I will tell you exactly what he needs to do. Okay. Um, first of all, Riley's AC is one higher. Uh, okay, so let me let me look back right quick. Uh, it would have hit anyway. Both of those would have hit. Secondly, anyway. it needs to roll twice and take the lower result. Okay, I will re-roll that then. Uh, it rolled higher. Thirdly, once the attack is resolved, Riley gets a melee attack against it that bypasses all damage reduction. Okay, so Riley, you get an AOO effectively, not a real AOO, but a bonus attack currently uh, uh, against Skeleton 3. This is awesome. I completely forgot all of this stuff. Oh, man. Okay, yeah, great. Let's do it. Um, okay, that brings me to a 21 to hit. Uh, that will hit. And that's another 18 damage. It does bypass DR. It will fall to shambles. See, I got you, babe. Tava, I must admit it. This is It is inspiring to fight next to you. Uh, Mansfield himself is going to draw his weapon and slash at the energy elemental, or the energy elemental. Herpeter, the gravity. I'm a smart, the gravity elemental, yes. Yeah, he's probably going to uh, kill it because it only has two hit points left. Uh, what, what's it say, see again? Uh, 15. Okay, yes, he will Yes. Yeah. So he's going to um, die. Uh, most likely. What? I'm sure he deals more than two damage. Yes. Then he's he dead. Guaranteed deals more than two damage. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and remove that. That is Tava's turn now. Okay. This asshole wants to play with skeletons. Tava's going to summon the Queen's Guard. It, it does still, because of the way it functions as a spell, it does take a full yeah. round for you to do this. It's a full round action. Um, I have to roll something to see how many I summon, I think. Uh, 1d3, uh, which I can do for you, should you wish. Sure. Uh, that would be two, and they will appear at the beginning of your next turn. Right. Okay, so, Brock, uh, you can five foot if you want to. Like, if you want to five foot. Yeah, move me up there by Riley so I can help defend him. Uh, Brock. Okay, uh, Brock is going to throw another rock at skeleton number four. Alright. That is only an 11 to hit, unfortunately. That will miss entirely. Okay. And then as a movement, I'm going to five foot right there to the skeleton at the bottom. It's trying to flank around. I just realized I've probably been doing this terribly for listeners. Uh, Leaf, it is your turn again. Uh, you and Box. Okay. Uh, I think Box is going to react pretty negatively to Leaf getting hit by a rock. Um, I think Box is still in range because he, he's large, so he'd have 10 yes, foot reach. Yes, he, he, he has reach. Um, so... It does have partial cover from. Brock, so its AC is slightly higher for him. 
but he could Brock also gets in the way, then he becomes the weapon. <laughs> I, yeah, he already he volunteered. Yeah, so uh, okay, now that'll hit. That'll that'll that twenty six will hit even with the oh, and maximum maximum over damage eighteen. Okay, oh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna question that. How is Brock providing cover to this thing? Partial cover. You cover less than half of its body, but more than a quarter. Do I though? Yes. I'm not worried about it. That was a twenty six and an eighteen, so I think we're cool. Um, and I, I fixed the damage for some reason. It resisted it. And it's not supposed to. Uh, but I, I fixed the damage. It is looking pretty fucking hurt. Uh, Leaf would like to fire another arrow at Capitan. That's a sixteen, so that probably misses. Uh, yes, it will glance off of his armor. Uh, and that will make it Riley's turn. Well. Uh, Riley has uh, two skeletons surrounding him on either side and uh, standing next to Tava, fighting side by side for perhaps the real first time, I guess. At least this side by side. So he's going to um, keep up the swinging, I guess, the swinging and the stabbing. Let's go on the uh, skeleton to the east. Let's do that one. All right. So the skeleton between you and the commander who is also very hurt uh not the commander the skeleton uh stab away and you know what as a move action since at level up riley got uh improved faint he's gonna try to faint to throw it off a little bit all right go ahead and do do that. that the faint is a 28 the attack is a 25 all right and they get a sense motive correct uh, I want to say, say faint is just against a static value. I think they get sense motive or a uh, s- something to do with CMB. Well, what, I think it's just versus a static thing, though. I think if they have sense motive, their sense motive. Uh, DC is 10 plus a bonus BAB plus their wisdom. That's uh, what if they have If they have sense motive then uh, it's 10 plus their sense motive if that is higher. And I feel like... So the higher of the two of those values. I feel like there's a penalty if they're not humanoid. Right? Like a minus four or something. To to me. Yes. Uh, When feigning against a non-humanoid, you take minus four on the check. There it is. What did you get again? Uh, 28 was faint. Okay, that will succeed easily. I mean, I got a 25 to hit. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so the damage on that one's a 21. Fucking hell. Man, Riley bringing that damage. It's dead. <laughs> so, uh, then uh, the two remaining skeletons. Uh, uh, skeleton 4 to the south of Riley will go ahead and attack Riley again. With both of his claws. Perry. Fucking Jesus. I would Christ. like him to make Never one mind. of those rolls twice. Well, I got a ten uh, on my parry. He, he missed any fucking way. Okay. Uh however the the one down here to the south is going to charge leaf. Uh thus not provoking attacks of opportunity. <laughs> it's not? Nope. Uh it doesn't provoke when you charge. Really? Yes. Uh, 
Okay, so... Uh, 16 was your AC? Correct. Alright, it just barely makes it, but you will take a minimum damage of 7. Uh, Mansfield... Uh... He charges at Riley, and he's going to swing Riley, Adira, both of you, uh, Brock too. Go ahead and make me perception check. Uh, 15. Also a 15. 28 for Brock. Damn. Okay, and your AC is 23 right now because of Adira? Yes. Um. No, it's just against that one tech that the AC Oh, okay. Um, so... But, but like, if he's gonna get hit, then I'm gonna spend another point and they have to roll twice against him and he'll get his free attack. Yeah, so right now my AC is 22. Okay. Uh, so... Do, does it state whether he gets his attack first or after the attack is resolved he gets to make a melee attack all right so uh the lower rolls uh was the first one it still hit um and let's let's see here all right so you take uh 12 damage riley uh from this slash uh both of you notice because you're very close and Brock even though he's very far away notices uh, that his arm while skeletal seems to have some sort of uh, flesh creeping down along it though it does not look human at all and he curses at Riley Morheim you shall die for what you've done to me <laughs> Riley retorts you'll have to do better than that friends even though he's bloodied, but whatever. Alright, uh, that will make it uh, Tava's turn. Uh, and so my your... bloody skeletons come onto the field. Yep, your your two skelly boys uh, come onto the field. Tava's gonna have to explain that later. Alright, where do you want to summon them? Um, well, that's no good for me to point because you can't see. <laughs> Uh, let's let's put them around Mr. Mansfield, though. Okay, so one there and one there. Yes, that's great. And they are commanded to protect their queen. All right, so these two uh, skeletons sort of like step out of shimmering, uh, shimmering portals, almost like uh, the heat of the desert, and they are decked out in uh, the garb of uh, an ancient Pelosian soldier. They both Pulede skimmies and go to attack and I don't think either of those get through his armor. Wait, they're flanking? Maybe they do. Uh, they would. Their scimitars aren't broken. Fuck that. But yeah, no, their, their weapons just glance off of the commander's armor. But uh, they are there nonetheless. Um, right. And, and I still get to do something now, right? Yes, you, you still have your full turn, ahead of you. Um, I would like to to uh, shoot this this commander with one of my fire bolts. All right, go ahead. Does a fifteen hit his touch? His touch. His touch. Yes. Yes, his touch. Then he is taking twelve fire damage. 
Alright. Riley, get these things dead before I run out of mythic points and can't help you. <laughs> oh, well, I was not gonna, but now that you say that. It is now the Brock's turn. Brock the Rock. Well, Brock would like to uh, throw a rock at the one that just charged uh, Leaf. Alright. Uh, 25 to hit. Yeah, that'll hit. And 16 damage. 16 damage. That is skeleton one. Okay, that skeleton is down now. And then for movement, he's going to move behind Mr. Mansfield. Which means Riley has flanking now. Oh, you're such a good guy. I, I, I do what I can. I can't give you all kinds of extra attacks and bonuses, but I can stand behind the guy you're trying to hit. Every little bit. Be careful, he'll be tying you up next. <laughs> Alright, so that makes it Leaf's turn. Leaf, so, uh, you have been saved by a flung, a flung stone. Took the head off the skeleton before you. Yeah, so uh, Leaf is going to run over next to Box, and uh, he's, he's just going to kind of whisper, and he's like, uh, you know, uh, I call upon nature to give you the power to help our friends, and he'll just kind of, you'll, you'll kind of see, like, him just slap box in the hand kind of like he's tagging him into like a wwe match and you'll just kind of see like the spaces and and like the bark on box's body just kind of swell and, and glow green slightly and uh box is gonna grab the skeleton that just went down uh grab him by both of his ankles and take a swing so i i cast bull strength on my companion and then he's going to do a two-handed haymaker and uh <laughs> actually as I, I medium guess... creatures they would only be one-handed weapons for him well Although he can two, two hands right yeah yeah yes so uh he gonna yeah, he's, he's... beat a motherfucker with another motherfucker <laughs> i guess i'm gonna go for uh the closest skeleton I don't think he would know to target Mansfield. Box! God damn it! <laughs> damn. Damn. Alright. Uh, what hats have I told you lately? Shit. I love you. <laughs> okay, so uh, he's two handing this. Uh, yeah, so Box going all in on this revenge. It, it's it's one handed, but we're gonna give him the strength one and a half, so give me just a moment getting revenge for elf murder castle so uh you can go ahead and roll the improvised one-handed damage and that's 32 oh, damage that that oh skeleton God. and the one that was in his hands he, he <laughs> smashed them together and they just fucking disintegrate yeah just, i'm glad you didn't use like, Brock as a weapon they're, <laughs> they're they're not even like they're not even there anymore they're not even difficult terrain they are gone and uh that'll That'll do it. I'm, I'm playing the Doom soundtrack, so it's all ripping and tearing for me right now. <laughs> Great. What a clever boy, Box! <laughs> Just fucking angry. Alright. Uh, so, that is gonna be Riley's turn now. The only threat currently is Mansfield. 
So, Riley, I picture, like, engaging in swordplay with Mansfield, takes a step back, he's bloodied, he, like, spits some blood to the side, it, a deer is right next to him, and he just, like, over the shoulders, like, after noticing the bloodied skeleton summoned from the ground, states simply, wow, you're a real mystery, aren't you? Before diving right back into combat with Mansfield. Uh, I would like the feint into an attack, I think. That's what I want. Okay. So I'm going to do that. The faints, don't worry about it. The attack. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to skip that. <laughs> the fucking cheese. The attack. Uh, 19 on the die for a 30. I'll roll to confirm. Uh, that brings me to a 25 to confirm. Uh, that will confirm. Great. Uh, 42 points of damage, and I regain a point of panache. 42 points of damage. Uh, are you ignoring any kind of DR? No, no. Is he still standing? Uh, you said 34? 42. <laughs> uh, no, he is not down. He is looking fucked up, but he is okay. not down. Then I'm going to spend a mythic point to do a sudden attack as a swift action to make another attack with advantage. All right. Uh, you see him flash with a point of speed, or with a uh, sudden speed as he raises his sword in a defensive position. Okay, uh, that's... A 25. A 25 will be nice. Okay. Are you adding your flanking into that 25? Yeah. Oh, as, yeah. As, as you lunge at him, uh, he, he moves with deliberate and surprising speed and power, blocking your blade with the flat of his. Uh, That's okay. You're not the only one, Morheim. This motherfucker is mythic too. He spins his blade away, casting your blade to the side, uh, and going in with both hands, his left arm now covered in this vine-like flesh almost. The back of his hand uh, begins to get coated, and he comes down hard. Uh, Mythic with point. A critical threat. <laughs> oh, well, okay. He has uh, to re-roll and take the lower. Okay. And I'm uh, parrying. Okay, that is lower. My uh, parry is a 22. The parry is a 22. Uh, you will successfully parry. Oh, uh, then I'm making a counterattack. You right. get one from me, too. Do I? Oh my god, this is... I love you. But I think that's just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, my base counterattack is just a 17. The one I get from Tava is we're not going to worry about it. I'll, I'll roll this. <laughs> so make sure I don't I'd fuck like it up. I think this actually looks really fucking cool because he like blocked your blade, cast it away, went down to swing and you parry it off to the side. And then like he just brings his sword back up uh, with your mythic attacks and just like and uh, just kind of in it, like not as a mechanical parry, but kind of right. parries them off in his own way. Yeah. Uh, and it's very much a uh, an intense sword fight. Right. Uh, and uh, Riley's like response to him is just that this would be boring if you hadn't gotten better. But look around you; it seems like you're already defeated. And I think that's it. As, as you end your turn, it becomes Tava's. Well, the skeletons are going to attack first. All right. Uh, that's a note. And that's a nope. Yeah, I didn't actually expect him to hit. Um, and then I'm going to shoot at him with another fireball. 
or firebolt, basically. Uh, that would be a 23 against his touch. That will hit. So, 5 and 4 is 9 damage. He will burst into flames. You see as he falls that his sword seems to vanish from his hand as he clatters to the ground. Give me perceptions, everybody. Uh, Leaf, uh, take a minus four. That's a 20 on perception. Like that's gonna affect Leaf. 19 for Riley. An 11. Uh, 22 for Brock. All right, so uh, Riley, you would see that like uh, there's like a, a brief faint orange light that just barely stands out as a different hue against the flames uh, and the the uh, the sword vanishes from hilt to tip. Uh, Brock, on the other hand, you see more closely uh, the flames silhouetting his form that something on his arm seemed to open in that moment, almost eye-like, peering a beam of light at the blade uh, before it vanished. Oh, uh, okay, Tava would see that too. Sorry, I missed that you got a Tony. I think Tava's concern right now, though, is, is, is Riley okay? So she is going to dismiss the skeleton. Yeah, Brock would immediately be looking at these skeletons, like, what's going on? Summoning a positive energy elemental to come heal him. All right. Uh, we don't need the map anymore. Oh, but I liked it. I got to spin things. You can, yeah. you can leave it up. I'm gonna. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna close it. It's in my way. But <laughs> uh, So she summons this orb of light that has these strands that seem somewhere between uh, smoke and electricity, but move moving with a more serene grace uh, that approaches upon her command, Riley. <laughs> like, Riley looks at this creature he's never seen before, and like he's uh, like holding onto his shoulder because he's injured, but he like points his blade at it. <laughs> no, no, my queen. He's here to heal you. It's another... Okay, as I said, you're quite the mystery. And Riley will put away his rapier. The orb will then, once again, approach. Uh, and as it gets very close to you, those little strands of smoky, like, arcs uh, comes in contact with your body, and you immediately begin to feel a little bit better. Uh... And just to skip some shit, we're going to say you get healed to full. Yay. Uh, did you say Commander Mansfield completely burned away, or just his sword disappeared? Uh, just his sword vanished. The rest of him is lying there, it would seem. Anyone else hurt? Brock's going to look down at where the eye thing was and see if there's anything, anything still there. Uh, as you go to look, uh, the flesh seems to have gone from his bones, and he is merely a skeleton again. Um, and what did you say, Tracy? I asked if anyone else was hurt. Uh, yes, somebody else was hurt. Uh, that would be a leaf. Yes, a leaf well, was hurt. he has to answer for Tava to know that. Uh, yes, I, I was hit by a rock. I will, I will send the elemental over to him. Riley's just like Brock threw a rock at you? Did he 
miss, or was this intentional? Well, you were clawed as well. You were clawed once. Brock will look up and he will say no. He will kind of point over to the other skeleton. That that one did it. They were using your technique. Getting hit by a rock hurt my pride more than anything. <laughs> it is it is not quite the same as my technique, but yes, I, I suppose so. I, I don't bad. know if uh, elementals can heal pride, but we, we'll, we will see. So, uh... That wasn't the face I expected to see out here on our way out of the city. No. Does anyone have any idea what just happened? Brock is going to point to where the eye thing appeared on the on his arm. He's going to say, I'm not sure, but something appeared here and cast some kind of spell or something on the sword. Does anyone know if his sword was significant? We know his original sword had Bane on it. Uh, it did appear to be the same sword. Well, I, I do not know if anyone else saw it, but there was some kind of fleshy eye that appeared. He would point at the arm right here. That appears to have disappeared. Uh, since you're very close, uh, Brock, go ahead and make me a perception. Well, I am terrible at those, so let's give it a shot. 27. All right, so... Oh, is it, is while, it based on touch, taste, or... Uh, I think touch, touch might apply. Lick it. Lick it for the plus okay. two. Then uh, it's a 30. <laughs> no, I am, I am not <laughs> licking the skeleton, man. <laughs> so, so, like, I feel like you maybe place your hand, like, on the breastplate for a brief moment to, like, balance yourself as you point. And you feel an ever so subtle vibration, not like uh, not like a resonance, but like something moving within. Uh, he would quickly like pull his hand back and point at the the breastplate, and he would say, "There's something inside there." Riley just like looks at everyone else, confused. Do you want us to undress the skeleton? Is that what you're suggesting? We undress the skeleton. I am not suggesting anything. I am simply stating that there is there's something inside of there. I felt something move. Can uh can Riley re uh pull out his rapier once again and kind of like wang jangle the breastplate away? Uh it it is it is clasped. If you want to try and take the time to uh to like kind of saw through the um like the straps, uh I'll say you can. Yes. I mean, sure, at this point, to see what's inside. Okay. Uh, I need everybody to make me a perception check. Man, I'm so bad at these. Six! Do I still get the minus four? No. Uh, that was because you were standing behind box at the time. Ah. Doesn't matter. Twelve. Jeez. Wow. Uh, Riley falls into a brief sneezing fit and notices nothing. Trust me. You, you cut the straps and you flip open the breastplate and for a brief moment all of you like look and and, and it's just like huh a rib cage yeah, like tell tell that weird squid creature to move over I'm trying to look at these bones <laughs> <laughs> well Brock Brock is going to look at it kind of perplexed he's going to say I, I assure you I felt something do any of you continue to look at it? Sure. 
I mean, so like Riley will poke around the rib cage with his sword a bit. All right. So what, when you do that, you you would probably take note that the inside of the rib cage is unnaturally dark. Like even even in the area, and those with dark vision would start to take note of this as well. That there's actual darkness that is like beyond your vision, but it's right there in front of you. Well, that's particularly odd. I'm going to be perfectly honest with the rest of you. I have no idea what I'm looking at. I cannot say I've seen anything like this before either. No. Now, now I have a question for Riley. Do you actually stick your sword into the rib cage? I mean, like I, when I said wang jangling, I, I pictured like the sword flicking through like the rib cage and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I guess. Okay. Um, <clears throat> then I need everybody to make me will saves. Oh, that's not my good one. Oh, that's worse than Fort for me. This will be great. 24. It's worse than Fort for you. How? Because <laughs> swashbucklers have two bad saves. Hey, Leaf, we need to stop rolling the same thing, please. I, I got a 23. There you go. Okay, goddamn. Got mm-hmm. some tight grouping. What'd you, what'd, you, what'd you get there, Riley? Well, uh... I said a nat no. one, would you all laugh at me? Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That ruined our grouping. I'm only laughing at you on the outside. <laughs> I have to bring the average down, man. All right. So, Riley, you gain the benefit of only having to roll this one, as you are paralyzed. Uh, not in the not in the normal sense of, like, you can still see. You are just, like, stuck and not taking in anything. Uh, the rest of you, however, resist this as a mass of, like, dark flesh covered in strange hooks and bumps and tentacles and eyes and postules about the size of a cat uh, quickly, very quickly, lunges out of the bottom of the rib cage and begins to bounce its way almost away. However, something truly wrong is what makes this being, so I need you all to make another will save. You said except Riley, right? Except Riley, because he doesn't see any of this. Oh. Okay, so I only rolled a, uh, a six, so I'm going to use my trait thing to, before I know the results of a saving throw, I can re-roll it. Alright. So I'm going to actually much. make that a uh, 22. Alright, that is much better. Is a 20 for leaf? I don't know, it feels like cheating to I me. I got a 17. Oh, it, 17. it is cheating. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I specifically took it. I took I took a trait that lets me re-roll ones on attack rolls and a trait that lets me re-roll a saving throw before I know the results. You're just smart. I'm not even going to fucking hate on you. Oh, no. I've, I've played D&D long enough to know how I roll. All right. So uh, the lot of you uh, truly perplexed and, and horrified by whatever this thing is uh, maintain uh, both your faculties and... Uh, and whatever so uh y'all can actually if any of you are counted as armed uh y'all can attempt to attack it as it moves away i should probably be huh normally i would say yes but i feel like as soon as it jumped out brock probably would have like jumped backwards so by the time unless it ran his direction it he probably wouldn't be able to 
because he probably would have stepped back. It is retreating into the city. Yeah, I don't want to hit it, but I do want to cast a spell on it. All right, so it's gonna it's gonna put a hundred feet between you, uh, the lot of you, and it before y'all can, uh, like Holy cast crap, or it's do fast. anything like that. Yes, it is extremely fast, and like I said, it almost seems like it bounces to move, but it's not like bouncy, like it doesn't boing boing boing. It's like I do have a hundred and forty foot range on this spell though. I'd All like right. to cast a flaming spear sphere right on top of it. All right, and that's what a react uh, a reaction a reflex save to yep DC fifteen reflex for is it half reflex negates never mind so it's it's okay so it regardless of what its reflex is it rolled a nat twenty oh. uh, <laughs> and so like you conjure the sphere and it just like kind of like mushes itself down and like leaps out from under it okay right. well having regained a little bit of his you know mental awareness of after this like jumped out and kind of started running off Brock will fire a uh, kind of like a spike made of rock at it alright uh, also go ahead and make me perceptions everybody except for Riley okay. go ahead and do that first I rolled a nat 20, 1 on my perception 20 21 to hit it and 19 on perception See, Riley, I got you. You didn't get to roll, so I rolled in that one. Oh, thanks. Someone has to. Yeah. And you don't have any range increment penalties on that, right, bro? Uh, no. I would have to use my... I would have to gather power beforehand, but I have a range of 120. Okay. So, yes, you will hit it, actually. Um, and both you and Leaf, uh, shortly prior to this, would notice that the, the commander's... Uh, skull is now missing. Missing. Uh, it will take 15 damage of piercing. Alright. Uh, you hear another sharp squeal like when Riley inserted his sword into the ribcage. Uh, and it and it will then continue to swiftly bound away. Uh, now that it has a straight shot and it didn't have to exit a ribcage, it is moving vastly fast and you could chase it. Unless you have some way to speed the fuck up. I have a run, or I have a movement speed of 20. I am not catching that thing. Vastly fast. Yes. Vastly fast. <laughs> vastly fast. Uh, and I think as this creature escapes into the city with the ruined corpses of some hodgepodge skeletons and uh, the commander Mansfield before you and Riley unmoving, unseeing, unhearing that is where we will end this episode of the Eterna Podcast Hi, this is Tracy the voice of a deer I would like to take a moment to tell you about a new podcast. It's called Dustress. We have a pre-colonialism Native American, a Old West gambler, and a modern-day teenager from Detroit. Dropped off in a brand new world full of magic and absolute chaos. I am the DM. I will try to wrangle them and guide them as they make their journey across this world and 
maybe learn some new things and right some wrongs. If you like high magic fantasy, this is definitely a world for you. You can find us on Twitter at Dustress Podcast. And we hope you join us there and in the Discord. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. My name is Don. You can find me do other tabletop RPG podcasts over at HexGridHeroes.com. I'm currently rebooting a Starfinder campaign, and I'm the voice of Pokemon trainer Cory in Pokemon Seichao. Over there, I also sit down with a couple of my friends and we discuss how a horror movie can be used in a haunted house setting. If you'd like to hear me talk more about horror movies, I also do a horror movie review podcast over on the Necropodicon Network. It's right there in the name, How to Survive a Horror Movie, where we talk about movies like Legion, Hush, and Quiet Place, and we talk about how the people in the movie could have survived this better, and what would be our perfect sequel. That's all for me for now. You never know I'm going to have another project, so follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Don Buley. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. You go into a mining settlement called Fillmore's Crossing. It's about 30 miles outside of the control zone. Do y'all know what the control zone is? Of course we do. Oh, of course Naturally. I know what the control, control zone is. I mean, control, like, of course we know what the control yeah, zone is. You guys, you zone guys probably the, like the zone. I fucking hate both of you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Some weird stuff's been going on in Fillmore's Crossing. We just got word that three days ago, Elma's wife, she tore the three kids limb from limb and doesn't remember doing it at all. Sounds like it's like the, the Wild West out there. <laughs> LCP D&D is an actual play D&D 5E podcast. Our current adventure is set in the Wild West and features magic, orcs, vampires, and an all-original soundtrack. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, and CastBox. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and even hang out with us in our Discord server, LCP D&D. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash eldritchdream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our Tee Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And until next time, everybody... May the Elder Gods haunt your dreams.